a new state of play. Grand Theft all over again. No, you don't, actually. <laughs> well, that's our nice opening into Triangle Square and the PlayStation Podcast this week. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me is the dour, sour, but still here, Chris Figs. How you doing, buddy? I'm fine. How are you, Brett? I had to break flow just to, to go straight to you. I'm all right. <laughs> I, you hope, know, I hope you get better. I love sourdough bread and I love Chris Figs. <laughs> Sour doesn't mean a bad thing. Uh, that's true. All right. And then, of course, alongside me, Mr. Saul Bridges. Bring y'all lucky episode 252. I wasn't here for 251. That was a, had to help out a house. <laughs> that was a landmark episode that you missed. I can't well, believe you. I'm sure it is. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a good time. We got to talk about all sorts of stuff, but that's okay. This is a new episode. I have a dumb question. Sure. In measurements, the second one donates length if there's only two, right? It's a width and length. Uh, it depends on what you're looking at. 40, 42 is the is the width. <clears throat> 72 would be the length down. Yes. Okay. In that case. I'm drapery shopping over here. <laughs> I mean, nice. do you think somebody's going to have 72? <laughs> I wish I did because my windows are wide. So sure, true. <laughs> I could get one curtain that's seventy-two. Like it look, it look ridiculous. It would, but I mean, you wouldn't be able to open them either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you cut them yourself. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's okay. All right. Well, of course, a couple of things happened this week, but the primary thing that happened this week was the state of play. So we will get into talking about that soon. Uh, but first, we always start this show off the time honored way, and that is a good check in from all of us on what we've been playing. Uh, or not playing, depending on the week and what's going on. Uh, so, Saul, I'm bounce over to you first. What have you been playing this week? I so for the last two weeks, I guess, since I wasn't on last week, I'll just fill it by the end. I mm-hmm. didn't play anything the week before last except Elden Ring. That's the same story for this week, except on Saturday, no Friday, I played Destiny two, and I did a raid. You you did, and I did too. <laughs> I told I messaged Chris because I did think it was funny. Of like, here I am, first day getting back on Destiny two after and a big raid. break, and then immediately as soon as I get on, there was a raid party already there. I just jumped in the party to the chat while I was going to do Witch Queen story, and then suddenly Gavin Gavin was like, "I'm was out." Like, oh what? There's a sixth person now. That's not me. I'm gonna go gamble. <laughs> I'm literally gonna go to the boats, and uh, yeah. So I ended up getting roped into agreeing to do vault of glass before i had even loaded into the game yeah so my first time back into destiny 2 with new content was to play destiny 1 content yes but it's important to, to note that as i mentioned to you the two times that chris and i did it were or at least that i think chris did it with me one time we didn't get far enough one time either way uh six and seven hours respectively because of we were there for like an hour and a half. Bad groups of people. And to be fair, we would have been there a lot shorter if people were like, they were dead set on doing cheeses that took too long. Yeah, the, the cheese for that middle section was pointless. Yeah, y'all don't do that. <laughs> Why would you do the cheese for the, um, the, not the lanterns, what is it called? Oracles. Oh, oracles. Yeah, that's just dumb. Just do the, just do it how it should be done. Well, it's so much quicker. As as Chris was saying during our, and it was a lot easier back in the day, so I understand why we were trying initially, but we were trying to cheese Riven and it ended up honestly being the group because if you remember, Chris, <laughs> we ch- we sat there trying to cheese for like two hours. It was stupid. 
it so, was not so worth it. Me, but to be fair, as soon as we got in with Joe and Eric and everyone else, we did the cheese in like four tries or three tries. It wasn't that bad. It's just if you're going to cheese, you got to have a group of people you know can pull the cheese off with the damage amount that you need. And we were playing with a bunch of people the first time around with Sean that I know had not played in a while, myself included. So none of us were where we needed to be. Like I was actually on the higher end of damage output, but that's let, just how it is. Let me put it in perspective. The old Riven cheese, you could literally pull out a green grenade launcher out of your collections and beat it in like 15 minutes. What was this? That oh, was the, yeah, yeah. That was when the, Before her the spike eyes. grenade thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every, it's a story grenade launcher that everybody and nobody gets in the in the very beginning of the campaign. New light players um, are not included. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, Chris, what have you played this week? Um, <clears throat> Elden Ring mostly with some Gran Turismo and Uncharted 3 thrown into the mix. I saw the other day, I saw Uncharted. Uh, Drake's collection and at first I was like oh he's playing the new like l- yeah. legacy of thieves or whatever then I looked I was like no that's the Nathan Drake collection my man's playing Uncharted 3 <laughs> and sure enough later that day you were like playing Uncharted 3 I was like okay here we go Yeah, so, how are you enjoying probably. it because I know that's the one that, that's the only one you've not beaten correct it's the only one I haven't platinum <laughs> but you've also not beaten it I've also not beaten it but it's the only one I don't have the platinum for you I've literally never played uh, it's it's fine. It's uncharted. It's fun. But, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I've debated. I haven't getting... played it since it released on PS4. Like I, I right. repeat all three of them in like a week. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's fun. There's. I don't know. I'm kind of annoyed with the way the uncharted games do collectibles, but other than that, it's a good game. Yeah, like that's why I don't have the platinum for any of them except for the Vita one, where collectibles are actually fun. In I don't think the collectibles opinion. are really any different in the Vita games, so I don't really see I that. I liked it but. because uh, I, just and don't worry, they're not ma- like massively different. But at the time, the novelty of an Uncharted game on handheld was enough to drive me through the ones that were still man. But then the one thing I liked about that game is like they were actually branching off paths for explorers where it's like you can just go this completely opposite direction and it's just to find different treasures and collectibles and, you know, photo vistas and stuff. And it wasn't the most compelling content, but it was kind of cool to have an Uncharted game at that time before four, where it was like, oh, this is finally an Uncharted game where you can kind of go off the beaten path and explore to find treasure and not just, oh, you know where you've already been? Climb to this specific spot to find it. You know, I mean, not that they're massively different, but the feeling was kind of nice of like, oh, I'm going to go off to the left over here and cut this bush down and then do this. And I mean, you know, like I said, not a massive difference, but at the time it felt good. Uh, sure. I haven't played enough Golden Abyss to agree, but it doesn't sound any different to me. So. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> As Not someone massive. who's done them all, sounds the exact same. But yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll play. There's a reason Golden I Nibbles. only have that the one though. The novelty at the time got me. Well, it's because, as I'm sure you'll talk about, you refuse to check guides. So if you just used a guide, it would be pretty easy. Shh, shh, Chris. Shh. It's almost entirely <laughs> your fault. Shh. <laughs> just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Chris. I got mm. this. I've got it covered. Uh, well, I guess that leads me to me. <laughs> yes. What have you been playing? Um, Horizon again. No, I beat it. Um, so I, I beat the game and did every trophy besides the one because I was like, okay, yeah, the first game you could replay the last story mission at any point. 
So I went about after finishing the game. At the time, I didn't realize that I had forgotten to scan a machine that's in the end of the game only and has no no spawn Oof. outside of that mission. Um, and so I was like, oh, I'll go back and replay the mission after I do everything else and just get it that way. It'll cap everything off. Be cool. And then I got every trophy done and then realized you can't replay the last mission. And here's the problem. If, I'm not even joking. I would have just not gotten the platinum had I not already worked towards getting every other trophy I was missing. If I had beaten the game, here's the thing. To be fair, if I would have beaten the game and then realized that I didn't have the last scan, there's like it, the game keeps like 30 autosaves. Mm-hmm. I would have been able to go back and just get the thing. But instead, I'm like, I'll do everything else and then go do that. So I kind of got in this lock where I'm like, I can deal with a game being at like 60% or 70% or even 80%. But when a game's at 96% and you see that you're like, there's literally one trophy, that nags at me. So I had to speed run, replay the game. I played it on story difficulty because it doesn't affect trophies and I could basically one hit every enemy that wasn't a boss. Um I skipped every cutscene that I could, which was 90% of them. And then the few that were stranglers where you had to like listen to dialogue, you just smack X and just skip through each dialogue line really quickly. And then I would choose the first dialogue option available that would continue the main story. Just bam, 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 bam. Um, six and a half hours. I got that done and I'm sure it could be done way quicker, but that's my annoying story of the week. Though, to be fair, the game's still fun. Even on story mode, I was like story difficulty. I was like, this is a fun game. But much like Horizon Zero Dawn, as we've kind of had that discussion, I love the first game, and I love this game. I don't want to play either of them ever again. <laughs> I, and I didn't even have to replay Horizon Zero Dawn, but when I got that like couple hours in, I was like, this game's fine, but it's just kind of like I've been here, and then if I end up rebeating Zero Dawn, I won't want to play Forbidden West, which I'm glad I didn't, because after playing them, I absolutely would have not wanted to. I'd have been burnt out already. The games are fun, but they don't really offer themselves up very well to leaving them and then coming back to them. So that's why I had to go ahead and rebeat it. There's no way I would have come back to this game six months from now and wanted to replay the entire game. Not going to happen. Just wouldn't have. So that Elden Ring, I started. Um, I made Elden Colon, um, my man. You should be in our Discord to see that. Yes. Link in the description. He is a confessor. So he's Such got a sick class. He's got sick robes on that get to show you that you're a church Im- assassin. Impeccable uh, fabric simulation, uh, material cloth simulation that the From Software games have. So that hopefully that can detract my eyes from how bad the streaming is of the grass and popping in all over the face. Also, I want to show you a video because it is egregious. <laughs> I had a really bad example of where I was walking and then suddenly. Wow, there's this grass all around. I've yet I was like, to Holy see something crap. like that. Um, yeah. So the confessor has a miracle, or mm-hmm. it's incantation in this game, but they can make you. It's like called assassin steps or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. So you can cast that. You don't even have to like sneak up behind enemies to backstab them when it's active. I didn't realize that. So but I, yeah, I'm not pretty entirely up to date or realizing how the stealth works in that game yet. So I was trying to figure that out yesterday whenever I was playing because I've only played like a total of five hours. Maybe. Yeah. I think right now, um, I'm still in the first area. You know, I mean, I'm still in the first map piece at the very least. I'm not exactly sure how this game works out. So I'm not going to say too much, but um, I've crossed around an area that had a broken bridge. I've gone further than that. I showed up to these four armed guys 
who has scimitars and just helicopter arm you. And that's where, literally where I left off. Oof. The, like they're puppets, right? Marionettes? They look like it, yes. Yeah, them things are rough. Yeah, they um, are. Yeah, that's... So... Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I was walking around. I, I do a lot of sneaking because I do like that there's that in this game where you can kind of walk around and hide and sneak and position yourself where you want to be. Just a forewarning. So like boss, mini bosses or enemies that have at some point been mini bosses, stealth does not do anything to them. So like be very capable or be very wary because Seth was trying to sneak around. They're like these, so not, not a visual spoiler, but they're giant shrimps. Okay. We have giant crabs and we have Prawn. giant shrimps. Yeah. Um, and no, it's funnier giant shrimps. But um, <laughs> but you cannot sneak around them at all. It would still be a giant product. He point, was he was trying to allow, like find out because he, he was naked at one point. He he had a, a set that's specifically made for sneaking, and it's because um, at one point in the game they're considered a mini boss with an actual health bar. Mm-hmm. So like they cannot be snuck around by that nature. So, even the even the later renditions that weren't yes, that aren't bosses. Yeah. Interesting. Because there's no at that point, the the god he looked at said that some of the enemies have no advantage to sneaking up onto. Yeah, that's so, that's the one thing when I was playing yesterday, I was like, I don't know how much sneaking plays into the full game here, and I'm a little worried that I'm going to rely too much on sneaking and positioning backstabs and stuff to where when the game doesn't allow me to do it, I'm going to end up sucking. I, I had that real thought in my mind yesterday of slow down. Maybe it's worth just going ahead and going head on to all battles, but eh, I don't know. I mean. You know, I'm, I'm, there's times where you can't, right? You can still position yourself for backstabs, but it's a little different. There's this big giant skeleton dude with a huge axe who was basically could one hit me. Um, and I, he wasn't terrible, but I, you know, I had to roll around and essentially backstab him like six times for him to die. And I was like, all right, keep working on my backstab positioning, which <laughs> do you feel like backstabbing is way easier in this game than it has been in any other? Souls game, not to me. No. So I'm gonna tell you, and this is biasy uh, or you know recency biasy. But when I was playing Demon Souls remake, I could not line up backstabs near as often as I do in this game. Even when I'm not sneaking, like even if I'm literally starting an encounter with the enemy and just roll around or walk around or whatever to his back, I could backstab every single time pretty much without fail. And that was like a one in ten times in Demon Souls. Even later in the game, it feels like it's a little more forgiving of a window. I feel like it is because I know that I can be in the middle of a fight, and if I just hold L1 and go in circles, eventually I'll backstab the guy. Yeah. that's. And I don't feel like that's the case with Demon's Souls. No. Whether it's because of Demon's Souls originally being harder and then wanting to keep that, or if they made it specifically harder in the remake on purpose. I doubt that they did. They didn't really talk about They didn't want to change much of the core experience. So either way. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not in love with Elden Ring yet, but I'm, I don't hate it. I'm just, I'm, it hasn't gripped me yet, and I'm waiting for that moment. On the flip side, Gran Turismo has got me way more involved than I anticipated it to be. I like Gran Turismo, and I know that, but I was like, I'll just play it around other stuff, and I've spent like the last four days playing mainly it and only it. Um, I borrowed my dad's racing setup, and God, it smells like it's just been underneath his bed because it's like a fold down chair uh, and he smokes in his house. And so it smells like a cigarette smoke. And I mean, I cleaned the entire thing and I put all sorts of stuff on it. No matter what, if, if I sit in it for more, more than like 30 minutes, I smell like a cigarette and I hate it, but it's fun. Yeah, it's not good. I do. <laughs> I do really like Gran Turismo too. Or yeah. Seven it's, it's also. Very fun. Yeah. I liked, uh, 
you've only played it on a controller. And to that, I actually really love the way the game feels on a controller. It's the best a racing game has felt to me on a controller. Now, mm. it's still second to the wheel because the wheel just brings steering. You know, it, it actually fights against you as you steal certain ways. And I don't know that a, um, I don't know the controller could ever do that. You know, like I can understand how actuators going into a triggers can make it to where there's a, a light pressure, kind of like a spring loaded feeling to the acceleration and then more of an actual weighted stop on the brake. But I would love if they could ever find a way to actually have it to where there's a an actuator or a stiffener or something inside of the analog sticks where as you turn it, the analog stick gets harder if you're going faster and traction's got higher um, you know, um, surface friction or whatever. So either way, it's, it's great on controller, even better on steering wheel, uh, and the game is very fun. Mm-hmm. How far would you say you are, Chris? I'm pretty like, far. You got a, you got like twenty cars on. Uh, no, I have like fifty cars unlocked. Oh, nice! You're closer to me than I thought. Actually, you might be past me. I've got about, I think, like forty five cars right now. Yeah, I'm doing and, the uh, the BMW menu. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're you're pretty sure you're the one past me because um, I've been looking at other people playing it and seeing what's coming up. Um, that's cool. That's cool. I'm well, glad you're enjoying it. It is very I'm fun. playing. I'm playing it with full assist <laughs> mode on, so I don't know if I'll like it if I, when I turn that off to go for the trophy. Uh, so you've got. I mean, I, the first couple races that I did while I was going through the licensing for License B, it's been a while since I played. So I was like, I'm going to keep the. It, you know, it starts, or at least the way I started, it starts with auto brake on, but not auto brake and auto steer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have it had had auto brake on while I was doing all that. Um, and then I got to a point where auto brake, just if you don't break, it'll break for you. But if you start to break, it still assists you to a degree, but not as much. So I was getting to where I was comfortable doing it by myself and getting the gold on every license test. And then I turned it all off. And um, you get way faster lap times if you actually can turn off the brake and find the right spot to pull it off because mm-hmm. the auto brake breaks you a little too much. But it's hard. <laughs> yeah. So. That's one of those things, like, I don't remember even turning it on or off. So, like, now that I've played so much of it that way, I don't know it's that just I even there. want yeah. to stop. Yeah. It's an automatically on thing. Um, I think unless you choose, excuse me, unless you, maybe if you choose the hardest difficulty up front, I don't really know. Probably. I feel like it's been automatically on in most of the games in, in recent years, but... To be fair, like sport, I played, but I didn't end up falling in love with for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because it didn't have this more underlying RPG active thing where it's like, hey, here's a thing for you to complete and get rewards for it. I really like the overmap and being able to go to everything in tune. So I don't know. Uh, but I'm I'm far more into this than I anticipated myself to be, happily so. Um, but the assists are a real interesting thing. So you currently have driving lines um, on in terms of where it shows you the optimal, even though you can still do better if you just know the tracks well enough. But you have the driving lines on, and I'm assuming you have where it shows you where to brake on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I have. Uh, I turned off where to brake while I was on controller still, but whenever I hooked up the steering wheel, I was like, all right, I got to get used to this brake again. And I turned the hey, here's a suggested break start area on. And it had helped me dial in, but I'm going to turn it back off soon. It's a very fun... It's fun either way. It is it is fun to really challenge yourself and be like, if I turn everything off, what does it feel like? You know, how well can I really do? Yeah. Um, there was this one that gave me 
hell. Uh, Tokyo Speedway. Um, it was a, one of the cups that you can do that's you know not required for story. It's a side cup, and it. I think you have to have a 550 vehicle, uh, and it's got to be a you know front rear bias. Anyway, uh, kick my ass forever. I could not get like I could get to third pretty consistently, but I could not get second or first. It was like they were always at least five seconds ahead of me, and it it was hell. <laughs> but I finally got there. There so. you go. Good work, buddy. There we go. All right. So we're going to go ahead. Uh, I know Chris has a kind of timeline today, so we're going to try and not be overly long with today's episode. So with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and hop into, I guess, do you want to do the news or community stake first? Go ahead and knock out the community stake, maybe. Sure. Okay. The community stake last week came from kind of this overall uh, rumor mill that's been popping off about Sony coming back and all the rumors right now seem to be about, oh, Sony's doing this with this IP. So we decided, what's the one PlayStation IP you want to come back from the grave? Can be as popular or as obscure as you'd like. And to no surprise, there are a couple of non-PlayStation IP that were answered. But I understand it's one of those old school, when you think of the game, you think of PlayStation. So it's one of those synonymous with PlayStation, even if it isn't their IP moments. So with that in mind, we have uh, Josh Ayers, one of our longtime listeners and patrons. He says, it's a common response, but it has to be Legend of Dragoon. But that's just because I want more JRPGs. Now, Josh, do you want more JRPGs in general? Because it seems like it's JRPG season. Or do you want more JRPGs specifically from Sony First Party? Let us know. Uh, let's see. Going to grab a couple more. Jehudi MD over here on the Discord, which you can join in the description below. There's a link so that you can be part of these discussions. It says, Resistance for sure. The game has such amazing lore and story, and I'd wish they'd give us a conclusion or maybe spinoffs by other studios. I very much doubt Insomniac will work on one anytime soon with both Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine in development. Uh, probably the case, but the real what if is what is Insomniac's VR studio working on because they're working on something I can guarantee you for PSVR 2. Awesome Dave in Discord also says Resistance. He says, uh, I love those games and it would be, or I would love to get a remaster trilogy eventually and then hopefully a new entry in the series or even a reboot. I feel like the world has so much lore that could be fleshed out. Uh, you know, God of War has got me in this weird thing of where I really like the idea of a game that reboots a lot of the game but still keeps the lore intact. It's a, it's a, um, a soft reboot a, a is what requel, they called it. But yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a re- remake to sequel. I don't, it's weird. I think God of War is, it has this open ability to do it pretty easily. Like how, how many other franchises or at least genres of games do you really think could kind of pull that off? Like what could a resistance game do to keep the lore alive? but still kind of reboot what it is to a degree where you still have things that make it feel decidedly resistance, but new ideas. Like, can you really do that with a first person shooter to the same degree? Um, cause I'd say like the part of what happened is I, I say that to the point of people want resistance as a shooter. But if you think about God of war, God of war went from being an action game, like devil may cry style action game to being a, action adventure souls ish like game, which is quite a change, but it's not an impossible change. So it's like they're closer. Like what would you do with I've never played resistance that I I mean I have, but I, it's to so 
a small degree that I don't remember. Um, I, I'm just going to go off the Halo thing and just add a grappling hook. <laughs> I don't think it qualifies as a reboot, but you know, that's it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, this everything is, is adding grappling hooks and like uh, hang gliders and everything. <laughs> so add a grappling hook and a hang glider. I think we'll be good. I think, Chris, you've played Resistance. I, I, I know you played Killzone. Do you play Resistance? Uh, very little, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's just a question for the the either. I've played all three of them, and I don't really know what I could see being done that would keep it feeling Resistance because I just don't know what you do to change first-person shooters to really make them feel different. So what's the value of rebooting it if you're not going to reboot the whole story? That's kind of what's in my mind, like... Or do you do it where it's like a reboot slash retell like uh, Ratchet and Clank did, where it's like we're going to kind of retell the first story but change things that we feel like we would have preferred to do differently in retrospect? I don't know. Yeah, that's... You know, a lot of PS3 games had this issue where the the PS3 versions would suddenly change the main character. Like you saw this in Infamous where Infamous 1 and 2 were cold and then Second Son, early PS4, was Delson. And then you had Resistance 1 and 2, where you're playing as Nathan Hale, and then in 3, you're playing as Capelli. I didn't really mind the the Resistance one, because it was actually really well done and, and ended up being a good character, whereas Second Son was Delson, who in many ways I loathe. <laughs> I think he's a terrible character, or at least the way they write him is terrible in comparison to the other games. Um but it's weird that that kind of happened. Anyway, uh, let's see. With that in mind, I think I'm going to grab one more from here from the Lord Corgi, one of our newer patrons. Thanks, man. He says, I'd really like to see Jack and Daxter make a comeback. If they're actually making a movie, I can't see them not doing something with the games. Either give me a remake of all three games like the Spyro Reignited Trilogy or reboot the series with a reimagining of the Precursor Legacy. <clears throat> I think the big question here is the Precursor Legacy is a very cartoonish and, and goofy game that is very much of the late 90s, early 2000s. And I'm not saying that can't work today, but I don't know if Sony has seen where it would work today if they're going to do it on a bigger budget scale. If it's a reimagining of Precursor Legacy in a very budgeted form to where it's like a not very expensive game, then I'd say go for it. I think it could be a great game, but... I'd be curious to see if somebody would actually want to put the the money towards it. Do y'all really think we're we'll see a Jack and Daxter movie? No. Uh, do I think we would? Yeah, no, probably not. That's that. That's that whole Tom Holland wanting to play Jack, <laughs> even though objectively, it'd be way more funny for Tom Holland to play Daxter. So I'll throw that out there. <laughs> I don't think it'll happen, but we'll see. <clears throat> With him being quippy, would it be too much like Spider Man at that point? And and Nathan Drake. I mean, Nathan Drake <laughs> is owned by Naughty Dog. So at that point, you got some similarities down. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, in the it, Jack was always like the dark brooding one. And then the whole point of Daxter was to be like the quippy, goofy the one. The good cop. Yeah. Daxter's still <laughs> the best game in that series. Fight me. Same. It's a great game. I don't, I don't know if I say best in the series, but probably. It's, it's up there. It's a really great game. All right. Let's head over to Facebook. <clears throat> Where we have uh, Matt Green. He says, does it have to be PlayStation? I'd like an updated version of Action Fighter, which is apparently a Sega game, with today's graphics. Not sure if there's something similar already, though. 
So this is a weird thing where it doesn't have to be. But I mean, I'm, we're asking about PlayStation, but one of the weird things that can happen is like when Nintendo kind of worked with Sega to f- help fund and bring back Panzer Dragoon. So to that end, Sega is a well of, hey, if you want to do fan service, that's probably not that expensive. Let's work with a developer to remake, reboot, or something, an old Sega franchise that hasn't been seen in a long time. So it's possible. Um, <clears throat> let's see. So Joey McPherson says The Getaway. I never played The Getaway. I haven't either. But I know yeah. people love that game. I, just, I think that was Sony London. London studio because if I remember right or at least I think I remember hearing people be excited about blood and truth because of the fact that it's from the people that did the getaway and it was kind of like a VR getaway-esque game even though it's not necessarily the getaway I uh, could be wrong on that though anyway he says also armored core that would be cool yeah. the VR mode would be awesome or MotorStorm. I think everyone wants that to come back I don't know about everyone but I'll tell you I adore MotorStorm one and two I didn't really care about apocalypse it just kind of i mean i played it but it didn't really grip me the same way i adore armored core so yeah armored core has not been around in two generations yep we're going yeah yeah because uh, well hold on no there was, there was one core on 360 well there's a there one for ps4 that was bad i didn't realize that that's pretty, pretty sure hold on <clears throat> let me correct myself well, we got some simple answers here. Uh, Danny, Candyman, Villalobos, Jeff Schrock, and Donovan Williams all say Sly Cooper. And yes, I agree. Uh, but Danny, Candyman also says... I'm thinking of a Gundam game. Uh, Ape Escape, and uh, he would like to see a Gravity Rush 3. And he'll keep saying it, now is the best time for All-Stars 2. Quick huddle. Do y'all agree or not about All-Stars 2? No. <laughs> It cannot live up to Smash Brothers. <clears throat> Therefore, it'll get it'll be like the Nickelodeon thing, like where it's really cool for a month and nobody remembers it. And then it's dead for a while. Yeah, no, oh. no, it'll be dead forever. Oh, I say dead. Yeah, dead for a while, but yeah, um, yeah. All Stars Brawl, as far as I've heard, has got like dead servers online, which is not that even, surprising. I don't even think it needs to live up to Smash Brothers. It just needs to be good. First one's that's not true. Good. <laughs> I disagree inherently, but that's okay. It's First broken. one was like one of how, two games how can that it gave be me good? motion sickness. <laughs> I mean, it depends on if whether you want it to be crazily competitive. Mario Kart's broken, and everyone buys that and plays the hell out of it. How's it broken? Mario that's Kart? Not, that's not broken at all. Yeah, have you? Are you playing? A uh, hold on, hold on. Let, let me get a, a base feel of what do you? When we say broken, what do we mean there? Because uh, I'm assuming you're talking about from a balancing standpoint, correct? Yeah. Okay. Let me expl- let me explain to you something about a little shell that can come, even though you're multiple things. That doesn't oh, make dude. the gameplay broken. That makes if you get oh, one dude. good thing, it, it it turns the tide of the game. That's not one character does zero damage with a super, and one character is a one shot kill with a super. That's completely different levels of broken. I disagree. <laughs> the entire reason I don't like Mario Kart is because it's entirely non skill based. It's just luck. Oh, that's completely false. That's not <laughs> that, true. That is, that is an over. I'll, I'll give you that. That is an over exaggeration. No, that's, that's not an over exaggeration. It's wrong. <laughs> I need our community to roast Brett. <laughs> hey, roast me all you want, but it's it's objectively the worst cart cart racer I've played besides uh, the one where you're racing for death. Okay, you said objectively <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> objectively, it's wrong. <laughs> I don't care wrong. how much it's sold; it's a bad game. It's it's a little bit better than the the racing in Horizon Forbidden West on machines. That was also bad. Okay, we're gonna. <laughs> oh no, thirty one, thirty two. Uh oh, Chris doesn't exist. Um, it's fine, fine for me. Oh, you are frozen, and you're frozen in like your, your the video, most comical. You're frozen in like a 
like an online newscaster standpoint. You look like you're giving a point and then the company behind just like cut funding. <laughs> like they were like, oh, quit. <laughs> he can't say anymore. Uh, so I don't know what we're going to do about that, Chris. I don't even know if you can do anything about that. But So for video people, you might just uh, see Chris for, oh, hey, there goes Chris. We're going to continue on this this road. Uh, I'm right. Fight me. Let's no, go ahead. Object- objectively, you are objectively. entirely wrong. Objectively. Subjectively, you think that Mario Kart is not good. Objectively, you're entirely wrong about everything you just said. Here we go, Chris. Here we go. It's a terrible game. If... If Brett picks Mario in Mario Kart and he screams when he gets hit by a blue shell, is Mario a silent protagonist? No. Sorry. Your your filter's coming off. And I'm not entirely sure why. You're getting that. Erosion. All right. Sorry. That is weird. I don't think I've ever touched my filter. Okay, anyways, next. I mean, Mario just isn't a silent protagonist, but <laughs> Yo! Yeah. Well, now here's the real question: Is that if 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 is he a silent in terms of what those thoughts actually mean? Well, because like he, silent he said theater, more than that though is the problem, right? If if he, I'm made, kidding, I'm kidding. Let's not. If he made only sounds, no, 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 no. <laughs> I almost shut the conversation that I started. If you heard Link say "Let's go," then I'm pretty sure you wouldn't call him a silent protagonist. But that's okay. But he says "Hey you." He doesn't say "Hey you." He has a sound that sounds. But is he actually saying anything? All right, let's see. Uh um, words have meaning. Did Brett just Twitter say is the anything? last place? No. <laughs> I don't know what you just said. Oh, I forgot how bad Ape Escape looked. Oh, yeah, dude. It's PS1, dude. I played PSP one. These are good. PS yeah, the PS that might even be from the PSP one. There's no way. If it is, heavy nostalgia glasses on that one for me. <laughs> All right, Luke Davidson, old Luke Nukem. I'm pretty sure he recently joined our Destiny, Destiny 2 clan, Crota's Bizarre Adventure. I've never seen JoJo's, but here we are. I designed a pretty cool logo for it, I think, though. But hey, you know, that's life. Um, so, Luke, if you want to play with us, hit us up. Anyway, he says SOCOM for sure, which I think we've mirrored a lot that people like the idea of SOCOM, and I could see it coming back. So let's see what happens. Constantly, Kenny says Ape Escape, as well as showing a little dancing gif of uh, apes dancing with flashing lights on their head because Ape Escape. Uh, Lukey Luke says Kill Zone, my man, man after my own heart. And let's see, one. <laughs> Okay, another Sly Cooper in the hat from Gabe. The last one we'll do is Sweet Gran Trismo Jones, old boy Ryan. He just shows a gif of a man looking like you already know, and I do already know. He wants a tourist trophy, which is a more niche off game that was made from Polyphony Digital for PS2 that is a sim racing game for motorcycles, and he wants it in the Gran Turismo 7 engine. Um, so... Long, long running dream of his is to have a new tourist trophy. Maybe he'll get it one of these days. Oh, I guess the real last one. This is another one of those equate with PlayStation. Stefan Swanla says they don't own the property, but I equate it with PlayStation. So I'll say Legacy of Kane. And I would actually love to see that come back. But I think a reboot would be in order instead of trying to continue with the lore that's there. I think it's too spread out and too broken for people to follow. It'd be better to just. Hey, here we are. We're going to take this idea. If I'm going to be real, I would rather just see Soul Reaver and just start with Soul Reaver 1 and let all the legacy of Kane stuff be backstory and then move the story forward with that one. That's the one I care about more. But, you know, if we got either, that's still pretty cool. All right, gentlemen, we are going to move into the news, I suppose. And uh, the first 
four things of news are pretty quick that don't really have much to say on them, but just put them out there. Elite Dangerous's console release will no longer be getting the new Odyssey expansion. As a developer has announced, they are dropping that version in favor of focusing on the PC version released back in May of 2021 and no longer having to work on two separate code bases to move the game forward, which is one of the things I was worried about with Rust. And when these games come over where they try and support two different versions, Eventually, something has to drop by the wayside. It, uh, Terraria on Vita and 3DS and all these others, which I get to a degree. It's like they stop being updated because it's holding the game back, and you got to do what you got to do. Unfortunate, but that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Overwatch 2 finally looks ready to show itself with a PvP beta announced for late April that interested players can go sign up to be part of now. So I guess this is the first release outside of Diablo that's really come out of the thick of all the blizzard allegations so we'll see how that does it's going to be really interesting to watch all these games just kind of flounder you know yeah i don't know what to make of that game because i like overwatch one but i don't want an overwatch two so well, it's more weird, and this is just online, so it's you know it's it's a it's a bubble in and of itself from hearing people talk. But I saw people saying like, "Why does this just sound like and being described as essentially DLC?" They're like, "I don't want DLC. I want Overwatch Two. If you're going to make Overwatch Two, make it something different yeah, instead of just, just feeling like glorified DLC." That it's you- just a campaign, which is so dumb because the <sighs> online is cross cross whatever for the first two so there's really no reason to make that game my assumption because this kind of discussion i had uh, with diana the other day when we were playing because i did play destiny 2 witch queen i guess i didn't really say that but witch queen's fun oh yeah i mean i didn't talk much about witch queen witch queen's fun i'm actually having a blast with the campaign it's the legendary campaign is really good yeah chris i don't know if you ever even started it legendary campaign is like Mm -hmm. Uh, Grandmaster Nightfall difficulty. You got to be like, but with no champions, no. no champions the entire time. No champions the entire time. Yeah, so you don't worry about that hard. But yeah, it's uh, I liked it. It was. Fun. I didn't know I how liked... much. Did you actually beat it? I didn't know. I know you played a little of it, but I didn't know no, how far I played like halfway of halfway through. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree as well. I, I, yeah, I still might think I agree, but it's still closer to that, right? It's not as mindless as a lot of the story stuff for Destiny has typically been. Yeah, it's which definitely is more engaging, interesting. But when, I did when you have those clutch moments of being in the darkness by yourself, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, I also did 90% of it by myself that I've played so far. Diana helped me with the first mission. But point being, uh, in that, uh, when we were doing the first mission and going through when she was, we were on after the raid and did that, um, we were both talking like, you know, eventually like Destiny 2 is in its fourth year and eventually there does reach a point where it's like, how much longer can Destiny 2's engine continue to be interesting and do something new and push the game in a real way? Eventually, like all games, I do think a new engine can benefit. And so maybe that's what the push for Overwatch 2 is, is even if day one, it starts a little more closely to Overwatch 1, that gives them more flexibility to continue to push the game. But I don't know to what degree well, you could have done that. Because, I mean, Apex sounds like, and I maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm thinking of the wrong game, but it may have been you that even told me this. Isn't there eventually a, a plan to supersede Apex with another release, or am I way off? Am I thinking of another um, Battle yeah, Royale game? 
that doesn't it's not apex warzone okay. 2 gets a new one war uh, is, warzone that's actually exactly what it is warzone is is deciding to move forward despite the fact that warzone currently is among the biggest games if not the biggest uh, i would agree with your speculation except again the game is completely one-to-one with overwatch one on multiplayer so it's not like they can change the engine anyway mm. interesting yeah, I don't know what their point is. I, I never got into Overwatch. Their point so. is making money. Probably. But I imagine that we'll probably get a Destiny 3 eventually because at some point it makes more sense to leave your tech baggage behind and do the things you want to do without having to worry about being constrained to Destiny 2's code base. You know what I mean? But conversely, they moved honestly too fast from... Uh, from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2. They could have done more in Destiny 1, I'm sure, but they were like, ah, screw it. Let's go ahead. Oh, let's see. Uh, next thing up, Gotham Knights, the new Batman uh, world release <laughs> from Arkham Origins developer WB Montreal has a release date finally. They took to Twitter to reveal that the game is launching on October 25th, barring no delays, which is... Uh, delays are still a thing right now. I still need to see more of the game. I mean, I'm interested in it and will probably play it, but still want to see more of the game. Uh, Let's see. The Crew 2, Ubisoft's open-world online racer, is surprisingly getting an enhanced backwards compatibility patch to allow for 60 frames per second support on PS5 and more as the game moves into its fifth year. I'm going to be honest. Up until today, I didn't realize the game was still active. I thought that it was already down. Hey, kudos to Ubisoft for letting them continue to support it. Kudos to the people that are still playing it. Hopefully they love the game, and I'm glad this is happening. Ideally, I'd love to see more and more games allow uh, 60 frames per second support for backwards compatibility, but it does take a patch to get there, so unlikely. <clears throat> Bloodborne. Anyway, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. for that again. Of course they are, because they're smart businessmen. <laughs> they should, Sometimes they're smart. Uh, All right, now we're getting into some of the bigger stuff. So Grand Theft Auto V, as we all know, is coming to next-gen versions, and that goes live March 15th, the day after this podcast airs, and will be available for $9.99 for PS consoles through June 14th. After that, it will go back up to its full price of $39.99. Now, separately, you can purchase Grand Theft Auto online if that's all you want, and it will be available for free to PS players through June 14th. You will have to have PS Plus in order to play online, um, but otherwise it is free. Where if they wish to continue after that time period, you can buy just the online for $19.99 should you want to. Um, Just something I put for note, it does seem like the multiplayer is still included in the full Grand Theft Auto 5. That's $40, so while that can be bought for $10, if you're even at all interested in playing that game online for an extended period past the free window, might as well go ahead and buy the $10 one so that you don't have to buy just the $20, even if all you want to do is play um, online later. Um, now, Chris, I know you're a big Grand Theft Auto man. So thoughts on this? Uh, I'm going to, I'll buy, I'll spend the 10 bucks just so I don't have to pay more for it down the line. Um, when you inevitably want to play it again? Yeah. I don't know when I would actually play it. This campaign's really good. Like, I think it's great, but I don't know. It's very long. Super I could long. see that because so is Red Dead 2, and clearly yeah. there's a an initiative to somewhat have some 
follow through between those. They clearly have their differences as well. Um, I mean, do you I actually feel, want to play Grand Theft Auto, so that's fun. That's what I was about to ask because I know that you're kind of like me in that. I, it wasn't as bad for me. I think Red Dead 2's gameplay, like not gameplay, gunplay, I should as. say, is is eh. You know, like I can oh, I can fight through it, but I don't like it. I like um, the gunplay. I think the rest of the game is garbage. That's so. What do you think is bad about Red Dead versus what do you think is good about Grand Theft Auto? Uh, Grand Theft Auto doesn't like make you me spend 45 minutes sifting through a drawer for half a can of used tobacco spit. It's a waste <laughs> of time. That game wastes your time. It doesn't respect your time at all. There's nothing in that game that respects you as a player. Outside of the story, which should just be a movie because that game sucks to play. <laughs> I think the gunplay for third person is something I don't really care for. I think that like I don't really know that I could have beaten that game if first person mode didn't exist because I played the entirety of that game in first person. See, that Felt sounds so bad. Infinitely better than, well, <laughs> than third person. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine doing that. Yeah, I, I really like because and this maybe is the difference. As a first-person sim-style game, which I think are, are as a sim-style game, where a lot of the stuff that the game has going on is far more, we're going to kind of put you into the boots of, like, this is what the game market itself on, like being the cowboy. you got to brush your horse, clean your guns. you you, you got to take care of your horse and get it healed. And if, if you leave it somewhere and lose it, you just literally lose your horse and all these different things. Or if it gets hurt, you have to go heal. You have to actually go get it back up. You can do these bar fights and all these different things. I don't find for myself those things to be compelling at all in third person at all. The moment you move that camera into first person where it feels like you're moving through the world and doing the things through your own eyes, those things become more compelling to me, even though some of them I still don't care for. But I, I think I'd agree with you. If I felt like I was watching my third person character sift through drawers, I didn't mind it as much when I'm playing this game from the standpoint of this is the first person uh, immersive sim. I'm playing as a cowboy. I'm going through this and doing this. And I, I really do think that's the only reason I could get through that game because I did beat that game. Conversely, I did not, and I have not, and I've tried again and again and again. I've not tried Red Dead Redemption, or I've not beaten Red Dead Redemption 1. I play that game for about five to six hours every time, and then I get... So bored. So bored. I just, that's, I don't know. I mean, so Red Dead Redemption ha- I think it has to be way that. better. That's crazy. I don't know. I, I think all of the first person modes in Rockstar games are terrible. I would never want to I haven't play played Grand Theft Auto, so I didn't know it's how well it was. not great in Grand Theft Auto. That's unfortunate because if I was it's ever going to play it, I was like, I'll do the same thing. I'll, I'll just play it in first person. I mean, if you like it in Red Dead, it's the same in Grand Theft Auto. It's just, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't get it. Like, I like seeing my character, so that's fine. I just, I don't I know. I think part of it is is that there's so many third-person action-adventure games already out on the market that there's more novelty behind playing it from the first-person view where it feels like I'm playing something that's more akin to, like, a Skyrim or a Fallout because I play those games in first-person as well. I don't, like, Fallout 4, do you play it in first or third? Because you, you can play third. either. 
I play Fallout Three in third person. <laughs> oh my god, really? So this yeah. is where we're. This is the difference. Yeah, I play every Elder Scrolls game in first person. No, because up until Skyrim, they were all terrible in third person to me. Uh, and your character animations look janky. Like I hated it in Oblivion. If you clicked out the third person, it just looked like you were sliding over the world like yeah, a single two. The animations suck, but I just rather see my character. I spent all this time upgrading my vault suit. Why would I want to do it in first person? <laughs> I mean, that's a fair point. That's where uh, VR is really interesting because the mod that's on the one I have for Skyrim VR, you can see your armor and your body. And you're like, you know, when you move your arms, you see the full thing extend. And it's like, this feels like I'm getting to see it as if I saw myself wearing clothes. Like you look down, you're like, this is a sick shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And you, you just don't get that experience in first person on a controller because you don't, you can't control how you visualize your body. But, um, Saul, so, what's your thoughts on this? I like the story a lot in Grand Theft Auto Five, and do y'all think I should play it? Because I haven't yet. I think you should play it for just I, the story. I played like the first four, five missions. Like I would say, like maybe like two to three hours, maybe. I'd say the story really kicks off when Trevor gets involved. So if if, if you should play the story, okay, and if you aren't hooked, maybe two missions after you meet Trevor, then you're probably not going to enjoy it. Okay, the rest of the time. Do you think that's a fair assessment, Chris? I think in terms of story, I think if you're not enjoying it after like you get a gun, you're not. It's not going to change anything <laughs> later down the line. Well, see, I like I like the main story. Last I played was on PS3, just to give context. There, I mean, literally, I played the PS3 version. I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't really, I'm not feeling this, and that might have been contextual to other games and releases around the time of what was changing what I liked about certain games. Yeah, you know, like I said, I think the game is excellent. It's, like, it's one of the few tens, but. I just don't. If you don't enjoy the gameplay at the beginning, I don't think the story is going to change that. At least well, not I'm enough knowing you to gameplay. finish it. I mean, story. Well, yeah, but I just I know him that to the point where like I know that he'll if he doesn't like the story and the gameplay, he doesn't like he's not going to play it. Even if, or even if he does like the story, that's my take anyway. Maybe I'm off base, but I mean, gameplay is pretty important. If I'm bored while playing the game, a story, unless it's paced impeccably. A story is not going to matter. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. And that I mean, was kind of my... Well, and it's hard to pace open world games impeccably, right? I mean, it's... That's what I was going like, to say. Yeah, it's open world. One of, the, one of the most annoying parts of Red Dead 2 to your, to your thing is I actually did get to a point where even eventually like three quarters into the story, I'm like, even the immersive first person sim version of the game I'm building up and playing as in my head starts to fall apart because I'm like, dude, I don't want to ride a horse like why are you making me ride my horse so far and then telling me to go back the other direction so far stop making me do this uh <laughs> it just starts to kind of grate on you and that's those are things that i think pacing in good storytelling also ends up a lot of the times getting messed up by open world game design because the game feels a need to make you run through the world so that you can experience some of the random encounters whereas if you take red dead 2 and you just make Red Dead 2 a game that's more like gun or something where you're playing through missions and you're just doing the missions and you don't ever traverse an open world otherwise. You're just going through script, you know, missions and, and control of the areas. I think Red Dead 2 would be even better for me. And I do like, I think Red Dead 2 is still a great, a great game. But I think I'd liked it a lot more if I was just like, you just let me play the story without the mm -hmm. extra bells and whistles. Because... A lot of the times those open worlds start to fall apart anyway because if you do take to yourself and explore a bunch, a lot of the illusion starts to get broken. It's like, oh, look, this prisoner just ran out and wants me to uncuff him and help him and all these different things, and I have an option. 
And then you play for 10 more hours and that happens three more times. And you're like, yeah, in, in the normal series of events, I'm not going to see three prisoners escape and have to help them. It, it's just, it, it doesn't feel real anymore. It's like, there's not enough variation to the random event. So it's like, I would just rather play the story about Dutch and all this stuff going on from a mission to mission, uncharted like structure, you know? Mm-hmm. I understand. We'll see. Uh, I might end up playing. I mean, if you're buying it, I have no reason not to at least attempt it. I mean, like right now, I know that I could play the game because you own it. Yeah. But I, if I'm going to play it, I might as well play the next gen version that hopefully looks and feels better. Because the PS4 version is not 60 frames per second, right? I don't think so, but I'm not entirely sure. All right. Well, we'll see. Is there anything uh, else that you all want to add about this game in particular? That's something crazy. GTA but... Online, I guess we haven't talked about. That's okay. Really we don't that. need to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think the interesting part about this is it's ten more dollars on Xbox for the upgrade fee. Uh, yeah, for the first three months. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, same window. It's twenty bucks on Xbox versus mm-hmm. ten on PlayStation, which is cool. Or not maybe not cool, but it's interesting anyway. It is interesting. I mean, it's not the most surprising thing in the world, but. It is hard to think of another release off the top of my head that was releasing on two consoles at the same time, and yet just due to what, I mean, clearly is a marketing agreement between PlayStation and Rockstar, equates to Sony letting it be free for the online and cheaper for the story. Like, literally across the board, it's $10 less on PlayStation. To play online right now, it's free. Whereas Xbox, no, it's $20, I guess, for the online. Because I think the online on Xbox is still 20 Either way, it's very odd. I mean, do you think it's something we'll see more as there starts to be less and less publishers on the on, on the out there? Do you think PlayStation's things is to just be like, hey, we're going to pay you extra money for you to either release early on ours or release with a better value proposition on ours? Is that like the, the goal since Activision seemingly is going to be gone <laughs> yeah pro- i mean probably but i don't know if i don't know i think at a certain point they you start losing so many third-party partners that eventually the ones you were already partnering with are like the oh no sony signed this exclusive game <laughs> you know what i mean yeah as well let me say, do either of y'all find this to be an issue? Like this particular situation of the price difference. Do y'all find this to be an issue or are y'all okay with it, but still think it's an issue? Are you mad about it? Are you happy I mean, about it? I'm happy or are you about just it because I'm, I'm happy because I'm paying 10 less dollars. <laughs> yeah, for something you knew you would have already bought? Yeah, I mean, I would have bought it for 60 so it doesn't, really doesn't bother. I, yeah, it's about, I would buy it for 60 again probably. Just to play yeah. it again. I don't know if I'm gonna play it anytime soon, but yeah, eventually I will play it again. Well, let me flip. Let me let me flip over. How upset? Let's do that. How upset or indifferent would you be if you were on the Xbox side of this coin, or if it was reversed and Xbox got it for cheaper and online for free? Would you really care? Think of it in a different light, or would it just kind of be like, oh, I got to pay ten more dollars? It's a little annoying. Personally, for me right now, I wouldn't care just because I'm not going to play it when it comes out. You have so much other stuff going on. Yeah, and I and I would I would I would be paying sixty dollars for it theoretically, anyways, because that's what I was under the assumption was it was going to cost. When Honestly, they announced it. I thought mm-hmm. so as well. If yeah. I'm being honest. So, uh, but that's a whole conversation that I don't think we have time to get into about the yeah. eth- the ethics that I think of 
I don't think that it should be, you know, I think it would be the same as if it was on Xbox or uh, PlayStation is that like, it's the same game should be the same price. Yeah. It's weird. Sales are one thing, but like this kind of thing is a little, it's opening the door for more problems potentially down well, the road. Technically, this is a sale. That's kind of the problem. The game is $40 on both consoles. Yeah, but, but there's an extended period of where it's, it's 75% of of off. Exactly. Yeah. It is on. It is so on. So that's, that opens up deals later down the line that could be taken advantage of that I'm not too sure until we see examples are good or bad. Do y'all think this spells anything at all? Anything, if there's even a possibility. Of Sony trying to cuddle up and, and be more cozy cozy with Take Two. Well, they've been doing that for, for a long time, time. For a long time. For sure. So, yeah. But I guess, do y'all think there's any hint of a find a way to become more involved, either financially through ownership or through a, you know minority stakes or however they can get in there uh, to be involved with this as like, if we lose, because this has been a thing for a long time, if we lose Elder Scrolls and Fallout, can we combat that with? Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead um, that not necessarily us. We've not necessarily said that, but I've seen that a lot online, which is still a little bubble and an eco, you know, a little, a little uh, echo sphere. But do y'all think any of that matters or even that those two games can really compete at that level? Or do you think they're inherently two different of games to even really matter? They're, they're both juggernauts in their own right, but do they really make up for each other? I mean, GTA is, <laughs> way bigger than anything I was else. Gonna say it dwarfs everything that that Microsoft owns outside of Call of, Call of Duty combined is probably less important than Grand Theft Auto. So I don't know that that would ever. Ha- I don't know. Like Sony doing that, I feel like would be kind of crazy. It, yeah, it would be similar to the thoughts of people being like, it would almost seem fiscally irresponsible. It would That's- to make Call of Duty. Uh, exclusive i think it would be the same place that i would definitely land if they were like grand theft auto is exclusive i'd be like is that cool because i own a playstation even though i don't really care about grand theft auto but is that cool sure for me because i benefit from it but from a financial standpoint you make you stand to make significantly more money from a grand theft auto 6 being on every single thing you can put it on i don't think you become the second best selling game of all time behind minecraft by restricting yourself to PlayStation yeah. consoles and PC. You do, but I'm going to sound like a hypocrite, but I've made this argument before. Because of how many consoles Sony has versus how many consoles Microsoft has, it's signif- out in the wild, like in customers' hands, it's significantly more or significantly less beneficial for Sony to release on Microsoft than Microsoft to release on Sony. Just True. Is. True. I agree with that statement. But at the same time, I mean, if you can be on every... I mean, to, yeah, the, the hit is lessened as long as there's always a PC release of every one of these games, right? If, if yeah. Sony's like, hey, Grand Theft Auto 6 is, is console exclusive to us, but then it's still on PC, then you have a humongous potential market. But how big does that market actually hit and, and buy in? Because I would be really curious to see the breakdown of Grand Theft Auto 5's sales and see just how many of them are console-based and how many of them are actually PlayStation-based. Because I have a sneaking suspicion, because of the fact that it's almost constantly in the top 10 per month, that Grand Theft Auto 5 has a massive, massive amount of its sales to think because of PlayStation. Oh, 100%. But I don't know that for sure. It's. I mean, it's... PC is it's, a gigantic market, but how much has PC actually 
benefited that, you know, that 150 million units or whatever it is that they're at for Grand Theft Auto now. It could be a lot. It could not be. I don't really know. PC sales are weird because piracy, <laughs> which, you know, I was going to kind of skip this, but did y'all hear about piracy being temporarily made legal in Russia as a means to try and fight off all the sanctions that companies are putting on them? Seems fair. <laughs> it's uh weird, but that uh, apparently included to the articles I've seen, and that includes games. And for companies, they can use pirated software so long as it's one of it's software from a company that holds a sanction against the U.S. right now, or against uh, Russia rather right now. So, like, if Adobe's like, we won't let you use our products in Russia, then Russia's like, it's okay if it's an Adobe product, you can <laughs> you can pirate it. But. Mm-hmm. Either way, uh, any of y'all want to finish up anything on that before we start talking about the next thing? No. No, I'm good. All right. Next thing up, Dead Space, uh, Dead Space's remake has been announced for an early 2023 release date on Twitter, alongside more development updates showing work-in-progress examples of improvements to the game's audio systems and evolving them with modern technologies to give players more immersion through the game's audio. Uh, I think anybody who's played Dead Space 1, 2, or 3 knows how important the uh, the sense of isolation plus the actual like the first game you're either accompanied by Isaac's breathing, labored breathing, injured grunts, or monsters. <laughs> That's like the ninety percent of the game's sound. So it's really important there. Um if you have any interest in that at all, I suggest to go check out some of these. I've only gotten to watch one of them, but the alive system as they're calling it, um has like adjustments being made to the breathing systems where your breath seamlessly changes based on the level of fatigue you have, the level of injury you have. Whereas the original game would just, you'd have a single breathing track that would never stop. And then if you were late, if you were hit or if you were running and fatigued, it would just play sounds on top of the normal breathing, which still sounded great at the time. But this mm-hmm. one's going to be, you'll hear the breathing slowly quickening in pace and then suddenly sounding more laborious and going through. And one of the things I like the most, and I love this in games, is separate audio lines for each physical state. So the he's recorded a line for when he's just walking and not, you know, not fatigued at all. He has a fatigued line to where he sounds like he's more short of breath. And then he has a line to where if you've recently come out of a fight and you haven't healed, you're injured. And he sounds like like he's talking being hurt. And that's a huge deal when those I hate in a game when your character gets like messed up and then you limp for 20 seconds in your character and then suddenly your animation goes straight and you can run full blast again. I'm like, I don't buy that you're hurt at all now. This is a cool idea. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, I'm not interested in checking out anything for Dead Space because I'm just going to play it. It is the best survival horror game I've ever played. So. Yeah, I'm going to give that to Dead Space 2 with a close follow of Dead Space 1. They're great games. I love Dead Space They 2. are. Yeah. I haven't I haven't watched anything. I haven't done anything specific for Dead Space Remaster or Remake or whatever it's going to be called. Yeah. It's remaked, it, honestly. But yeah, because I, I know I'm going to buy it. Yeah, Dead Space exactly. 3 is a better game than most people give credit for, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. It's not as good as Dead Space 1 or 2. I give you that as well. But it's a solid game. It's also not a Dead Space game, but that's okay. It has its moments, but through and through, it's not a Dead Space game. I agree. Then again, I never played that whole game. That This is something we'll get into in a little bit. Adding co-op to games like this significantly Terrible. change the way that they feel. 
And apparently co-op was a big push from EA from day one. And, and they staved it off in the first game due to time shortages. They staved it off in the second game because the first game was such a success. But by the third game, EA was still knocking down and being like, we really need co-op so we can market co-op. I never played it, but I can't imagine playing that game co-op because it. I only see it as making it either worse or just so inherently different that it's like, am I playing Dead Space or Army of Two? <laughs> Yeah, Army of Two. I think it's Arcane and Lynch. You remember the PS3 Ooh. era of every game being couch co-op, couch co-op, two buddies, and it's always like we have two main characters, and you guys yeah. are going to work together. I honestly wonder if that's what killed couch co-op gaming in that regard. Because, because too many got, games did it. It got so repetitive so quickly that people didn't want to see it anymore. Probably, but it's interesting because if if you take a breath. And you come back and do it. I think one of my, like, I don't say favorite because there's plenty of great games, but a really fun gaming experience last gen and Chris experienced it recently. I thought it, uh, I thought, um, oh, yeah, a way out is, is excellent. Yeah. Like, it's it really fun and it shows you that you can do two people co op games if you don't just beat the hell out of them, you know? So, uh, anyway. Yeah, that looks great. Um, early 2023 is about where I expected when they first announced it. So that's in line with. Uh, yeah, my people keep are. saying it got delayed. I'm like, did they ever put a date on it? Like, never. And they in the day one, they were like, "This is early development. We've been doing this for a few months now." Right. So I think at that point, anybody who thought that an entire Dead Space remake that not only is being remade but is adding dialogue and stuff to the game was going to be done in half a year to a year. Full of yourself. I I hope they don't ruin it with the dialogue, but I'm really curious. But clearly, that comes down to the fact that I still enjoy Dead Space Two and actually think it's a better overall game. You seem to not agree with that, which is fine. But is it because of the fact that there's dialogue to cut some of the tension? Is that like is that the way that you view that, or that is that your worry for dialogue being added in the first? No, game? it's just it wasn't in the first game. So like, what are you adding? Why are yeah, you I mean, you're, somebody's ha, somebody has to write something to where to what he's right. saying. Yeah, and it's just like, why? Why wouldn't you just leave it the way it is? My assumption is because if this does well, we're either going to see a new entry or a reboot or a, re- or a remake of two. One of those two. Like we might get no, the Resident yeah. Evil treatment where they keep going, and they want it to be more congruent than the original releases were. And I don't think that that's in terribly wrong position. I think if you have the tech and stuff now doing it so that when you go to two and suddenly he's talking it's not like what the hell why is he talking it was weird and it was honestly weird from one to two to be honest like so isaac doesn't say anything at all the first game and then suddenly is this talking in the second game it's odd i mean i don't know that i think it is that odd because he's by himself the vast majority of the game like, but he has just, literal this man this man is in a group full of people watching people get like you know at the beginning of the game when you're getting off of the Ishimura or whatever it's called and and you have the 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 pilot the black dude I can't think of his name and yeah. there's that lady um they're all talking and having conversations and pointing at you and you're saying nothing and doing nothing and not reacting at all it is a little odd. Now, it works for the rest of the when you're playing the game, when, when 99% of the game parts that you're actually physically playing are by yourself, it's not as big of a deal. But when you're being spoken to and you don't say anything, but then the second game you do, it's it's odd. So it needs to be 
take all dialogue from every future Dead Space game out to match this one or, you know, if you're remaking it. I understand back then when Dead Space was a gamble and a risk. They're like, yeah, we don't really want dialogue because it's extra cost and everything involved and we're just going to get uh, pay a voice actor to grunt and breathe laboriously. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This just It just seems... Because now it's not a remake. It's a, it's a reboot. <laughs> I mean, true, but what what do you consider Resident Evil 2 to be? Uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, as they call it. Uh, it's a remake. It's inherently different from Resident Evil 2, right, though. Did they fundamentally change the story? Because to talk, him talking fundamentally changes the story. Therefore, it's well, they fundamentally changed the gameplay. I mean, I don't the gameplay. Whatever they're they're cha- and, they change the gameplay and remakes all the time, and they change story. I, I I don't think it was uh, as big, if at all, in two. But I know they changed story in three, or they changed the three. way the story goes. And off, I wouldn't yeah. call three a remake. I would call it like a, a reboot slash change of three. Two is, as far as I remember, completely faithful to two. Yeah, I haven't played RE two on PS one in a long time, and, so and I think it is a reason, little hard to remember. The reason they're even they even changed anything in three is because it would have been so short that it would you couldn't have legally charged sixty dollars for it. <laughs> I no man's sky charged sixty dollars day one. <laughs> so yeah, buddy, back off. <laughs> look at how much time they've had to spend making good on what they did they said. That's true. I'll give you that. All right, moving on to the next thing then. I'm very excited for it. It looks good. Much like y'all, I'm buying it. I don't really need to see anything, but I don't mind checking it out. Um Let's see. Next thing and the biggest thing of the week is a new state of play came and went and the rumors of a big March showcase with massive reveals proves false uh, yet again, which is not a surprise. Instead, we get a look at mostly games from PlayStation's Japanese partners and publishers with a side of Returnal thrown in there. The games shown off in order were not Dino Crisis, Exoprimal. (laughs) (laughs) It does follow me here. Watching the the reveal before they actually put a name to it, showing the redheaded girl mm-hmm. and everything, I was like, "This is either Dino Crisis or they're trying so hard to tap into Dino Crisis love because they've seen the the fervor on the internet of remake Dino Crisis that they're just like we're going to put enough things in here to where people look at it and are hyped for it because it's Dino it's Dino Crisis esque." How do you feel it's- about this? <laughs> Would you say it has a dinosaur DNA? <laughs> um, that's the second time that that's been that I brought that up or been brought that up in two different wildly different scenarios. Yeah, the other one was uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to say it. Okay. I was I was looking at you for confirmation that I remembered what you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, either way, yeah, that's it. Looks it looks it cool. Looks fun. I'll play it. But I also have to say at this point. If you're going this far, do you think it's going to benefit more from being a new IP, or do you actually think it would have benefited more from just being like, it's essentially Dino Crisis, let's just call it Dino Crisis, and let it either be a sequel to Dino Crisis or a reimagining of Dino Crisis? Like, which do you prefer which way it lands? Either of you, I guess? I'm going to be honest. There's not a single thing in the state of play that did anything for me. Really? <laughs> not a single thing. Really? That's and that, that may change with... Um, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, eventually, but yeah. yeah, like this this state of play to me was very much similar to like some Nintendo, um, whatever they're called, directs, where it's like, okay, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. I'm not interested in any of it. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, that's an entirely fair standpoint. Yeah. And I think somewhere in this, if we have time, I think it might be worth having the conversation of people really starting to get an understanding of what state of play is because I've seen a lot of odd expectations around this. <laughs> and from the moment that they stated that it was a state of play, I was Lee like, culture. oh. Yeah, it's, it's just leak culture. There are too many toxic people that, that throw out there for, for clout like fake leaks. Um, and like like saying, oh, Bloodborne's going to get announced here with certainty. So that when these people gain enough clout, when they're right on a couple of guesses, and then people's expectations become wildly out of control due to the nature of what they're saying and what they're giving these people for their expectations. It's, it's, it's awful. W- it's weird to me that someone would think that Sony would suddenly change what state of play has been since day one. State yep. of play has never, ever been to reveal big PlayStation things. Yep. And people it's keep- not, it's to give updates on very upcoming PlayStation things and then announce and reveal new third party and indie games. And that's you can, all it's been. You can directly blame GameSpot, IGN, Game Informer, etc. Whenever State of Plays became a thing because they inherently tied them to Nintendo Directs, which are not the same thing. Nintendo Directs reveal some of the biggest first-party Nintendo titles, second-party Nintendo titles, mm-hmm. and third-party exclusive to non-exclusive titles. This is not the same thing. Yeah. And yet people constantly compare them, and you just you can't. You can't compare them. You're right, because Directs existed beforehand because Directs were like Nintendo's answer to E3. And then they just yeah. kept doing them. Yeah. And I think Directs are far more broad. They are. There can be a Direct that is a state of play level. That's and why then there think, can be ones that are like, oh, this is all everything that Nintendo has. That's why people think that Silk Song 100% will be announced and revealed in a Direct. Yeah. And not like E3 or not like a, like a developer's note. Yeah. I agree with that, but I think right now it's clear that State of Play is for smaller reveals, and then Sony is still doing, whether it's not an A3 the last few years, but they're still looking at the value of one big yearly showcase, and they've called them PlayStation Showcases. So the moment that they went ahead and advertised this as a State of Play, I knew immediately, no Final Fantasy sixteen, No Bloodborne remake. No Bloodborne remake. None of this Sly Cooper infamous reveals that people were trying to bring up and throw out there. It's not happening. People have way too high of expectations for State of Play. The biggest thing you can do right now is really take this as a lesson of State of Play has consistently told you what it will be about. What'd they say? It's a State of Play. First of all, get all new crazy announcements of huge AAA-level games out of your mind. Second, they said it's going to be focusing on Japanese publishing partners. That is exactly what this was. Yeah. Literally nowhere did this deviate from that. So, I mean, I guess technically Returnal, but even then, that's just a a thing for a free update. So we'll kind of go there, but... I'm going to go ahead and list them all off. And if there's any of them that y'all want to talk about, go ahead. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo was the next thing shown. It's uh, this year, of course. Stranger, excuse me, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. Gets a new demo. You can carry over the progress. The game releases on March 18th. Forspoken gets a new trailer, new gameplay, delayed from April to October 11th, um, which is a little unfortunate, but we can talk about that in a minute if y'all want. Gundam Evolution, free-to-play competitive (laughs) first-person shooter 2022. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Calabunga Collection, which takes all 13 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles console and arcade games um, and puts them together. comes out this year. Gigabash, which is a kaiju kaiju brawler. uh, Not too indifferent from like a... uh, What's that game with old classic? uh, Uh, 
Uh, they, they made it Rampage. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, dang it. It's like Rampage in 3D. <laughs> uh, is that the game with The Rock? Yeah. Oh. I don't. I really don't know if he's in it. I didn't pay that much attention. Is that a movie? Is that? But there is a movie. movie, The the Rampage movie is The Rock. Is that what? what, Which one is that movie? Uh, No, but which one? Which one is it? Like, what is it about? Do y'all know? Oh, I mean, it's about kaiju's and a big white gorilla. Okay, that's what I thought. So there's a picture that I've seen of him and Jumanji holding a map, and him in that movie holding a map, and they're like, these are two entirely different movies, but he's dressed in almost identical clothing. I believe it. You're saying The Rock is playing the same character in two of his movies? You don't say. No. I'll tell you what. Listen, I, I, every time I get the chance to bring up Mark Wahlberg or The Rock, I'm going to recommend Pain, Pain and Gain. Gain. That movie I know you do. is so good. Yeah, that <laughs> movie is awesome. I still haven't seen it. You need to watch Pain and Gain. But I still, I'm going to be honest with you, even if the movie's awesome, I guarantee you The Rock is still playing The Rock. He's, he I is mean, still playing The Rock. In, yeah, but in a he's different arguably way than you've playing. Seen. No, he's arguably playing more of the Rock because he's just I a, mean, he's just a meathead lifter in that movie. It it's, is, but it's, it's the Rock. It's but it's it's the things that come with his character traits in that movie. Oh, namely sure. being addicted to cocaine. <laughs> the movie's we'll awesome, see. and it's being just, a born again Christian. That movie is it, it's so good. It's I will insane. watch it one day, but I haven't yet. Next thing up, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle R. That's a fighting game, of course, fall 2022. Trek to Yomi, which is like a side-scrolling cinematic samurai action game, um, spring 2022. Uh, Returnal, this is an interesting one. This is where it deviated from being Japanese-focused, but Returnal Ascension is a free update. It adds story co-op to the game so that you can play the entire experience of the normal base game co-op, and it adds the Tower of Sisyphus, which is their endless mode slash uh, actual... Uh, roguelite mode where you see how far you can get. It's kind of like the Mortal Kombat towers where you just keep fighting until you eventually lose and see how cl- how you can I, climb the tower. I really enjoy games with that kind of um, playlist or whatever it's called. Okay. Mode. The last two things, the Dio Field Chronicle, which is a new Square Enix uh, RPG, and they're calling Looks it a real time tactical I battle lied. system. I lied. Looks I lied. Sick. This is the one thing. This is the one thing that I actually. You know, this looks more sick to me than Triangle Strategy. I'm actually more excited for this than I am. Stri- okay. But that's, again, that's Those me. Are, yeah. Uh, I like both of these games for the exact two reasons. One, that's like Fire Emblem tactics, mm-hmm. where Triangle Strategy is like Final Fantasy tactics in terms of the art style. Okay. You have like a chibi style, then you have like a 3D stand-up proper. Now, yeah, the art style is part of it. And I mean, I still think Triangle Strategy looks beautiful. I really like this new age uh, pixel art that they're that bravely, out with. Not Bravely Default, Octopath Traveler mm-hmm. Default. Or Octopath but, Traveler art style. Art style aside from this, which I do think looks excellent. This reminds me of the cutscenes from Final Fantasy War of the Lines remake. Not oh, yeah. the gameplay, but the cutscenes. Yeah. Uh, a little more polished and a little less it looks uh, cell shade looking. Phenomenal. But still, it looks really cool. But the real thing to me is I like the way that they're doing the battling because I like... I, I, as I've always said, I've got to this point where I'm going to play games for whatever reason, I tend to like a little more involvement. So keeping it tactical but still allowing this element of real time yeah. is really exciting to me personally. Uh, and then the last thing is Valkyrie Elysium. Oh, also that Diofield Chronicle is this year. And then Valkyrie Elysium, which is a sequel to Valkyrie Profile, which is a whole game. Uh, I think a PSP game, if yeah. I remember correctly. Um, it it's an action RPG. If you've never heard or seen of it, you should check it out. Uh, 2022 as well. So a lot of games for this year and a lot from Square Enix this time around. Um, I want to take a second to go back to Returnal because we were talking a second ago about how adding co-ops Destiny, I mean Destiny, to Dead Space 3 inherently changes what the game is. To a big degree, much like we saw in Resident Evil 5. Now, people loved Resident Evil 5's co-op, but that game felt 
probably the least like a Resident Evil game at the time than anything ever had. Resident Evil 4 was clearly different, but it still felt Resident Evil enough Boy, for me. Boy, you some people argued on that. Uh, oh, I know that there are people who are diehards on that too, but how do y'all feel like adding, because I know everyone here has played some degree of Returnal. Do you think adding co-op to the actual main story detracts from that experience in any meaningful no, way? absolutely not. Okay. I don't, I, I, I've said this before, but me and you have talked about Returnal story and, and, the, and the elements of like, we were guessing theories and we were like, oh, well, if it goes this way, I'll be kind of disappointed. And it went exactly that way, T for T. So there's not like some kind of, other than like a few select cutscenes, there is not a, a point in Returnal's story where it feels so involved and so um, immersive that having a second player there will detract that at all to me. I, th- I think, and really I do mean from the gameplay experience more, but while we are talking about story, I do think that unless they do something, like uh, I really enjoyed how Resistance 1 tried going co-op, where it was like one of you plays as Nathan Hell and the other of you is just a grunt soldier. That's cool. And then literally the rest of the game is just like you're seeing things happen to Nathan Hell and, and the other player is just somebody who's supporting him, basically. Um the problem I have with this is that the whole point of this game is being a single person isolated and then everything that's happening and seeing these, I don't want to say too much because there is a story I don't want to spoil and I didn't even beat it. I don't want to spoil what I do know of the story, um, but I don't really know how that plays in when there's a second person. How do they do that? Are, oh, I'm sure. Are I'm both sure. of you the, the main character and that plays into the weirdness of the story? I'm of sure like it's going to do something like that. Yeah, which is another pet peeve I have when it comes to mental stories about. Or does the game and story just pretend that you're not there at all except for when gameplay is hitting, which some games choose that to do should that. Actually, it should, in my opinion, that's what it should do. It should not create a story element on why there's another person. Go ahead, Chris. What's up? But isn't it? I, I didn't play very much of Returnal. I didn't like it. But isn't it completely congruent that like one of the loops just had an extra one of her? No, and not no. from what the game specifically you, builds up and talks about. I, I don't want to straight out spoil it in case some people have or are going to want to play Returnal. So one of the loops that you see you is just you, but from a different thing aspect. It's like, we'll talk about it after the show ends, but it, it's a, it's a very kind of not overused trope. But it's a very predictable trope in which the loops you end the game with like, okay, is this real? Did this not happen? And what do these loops mean? Well, the loops are just, when you see yourself, you're kind of revisiting a PTSD moment in your life. Unless they had some kind of secret ending that I'm not aware of, that's exactly what. If that's what you're talking about, that I, is. I've what got it the. Is. I've got the answer. It's you, the co-op partner is a PTSD manifestation. That's even worse. <laughs> that actually plays into the trope that I, <laughs> that, I know. I knew exactly that, what you meant a second ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know I don't know. About this. I just I, it's weird because I think it makes the game far more accessible to people who thought it was too hard to do on their own. And but I think really, yeah, some no degree, summons in Returnal. <laughs> but it's one of those things where at the same time I have a hard time it, it does the moment you play that like if you yeah. don't play it then it's not there and it doesn't matter but the moment that a player plays that I feel like it really messes with the general feeling and congruency of the way the story and the 
way the game acts as though you're experiencing these things because no longer are you isolated. So, And I can, don't know how that will actually impact the way people feel about it by the end. You can have a game like Destiny. It's a perfect example. You are the chosen one, blah, 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 blah. But then there's hundreds but of But everyone's games. the chosen one. You can be disconnected from gameplay to story in that way and be fine, which mm-hmm. is actually... I think that that's the way to go other than make a reason after uh, as an afterthought on why all of a sudden there are these people. Now, Destiny has made it so much of like not you as yourself as the chosen one, but you as a guardian with all these other guardians are the chosen ones kind of thing. Um, and that's fine, but I don't. there's not a way that Returnal could do that that I can see that would yep. fit perfectly. But and don't get me wrong, I love Return, Returnal. That was a contender for Game of the Year for me. Um, a massive one. So... Um, I think that like with Returnal, them just adding the co-op mode, which is fantastic, by the way. I think that's a really cool thing that they can do. Um, but just by not making an excuse on why it has to be co-op, it's a game. It's a game. It just does not it have to tie into an excuse on the story about why there's a second person here. That's only something that people have had to start doing recently, and I don't like that. Just make it a game. It's a game. Yeah, because if you think about Demon Souls, Dark Souls, all those games, the story doesn't ever really try and do anything. Like, clearly, the game has items that go toward it, but the story is never like, oh, you're calling in the another tarnished. Who's? I mean, technically, there's room in the lore for you to just pretend that, but the game doesn't actually care. The game just like you can call other people in. Yeah, and and there have been allusions to um, to why that is. Um, in in these games and souls games like oh, like why you can't summon somebody that makes sense uh with the story um but at the same time it does not have to go out of its way to tell you this you find exactly. that out by reading the summoning bell or the 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 finger or whatever it is in Elder <laughs> <Ring>. <laughs> which um, is weird but okay yeah oh you you just wait uh involving fingers but uh which sounds Try finger <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a threat but um <laughs> But yeah, you know, I love Returnal. I love the fact that they're adding a co-op game or mode. This actually might make me go back and play more of it. But um, I don't think it's going to impact it at all, other than positively. You know, the one thing for me that's kind of cool about this, like looking at it from a more uh, top level of not looking at Returnal as itself, but rather looking at Sony continuing this trend of fairly large free updates after a game is released, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima got it. Like, I, everyone was surprised as hell when Legends got announced. I haven't even tried well, it, but it was cool. It was like, whoa. So you're, we're getting an entire, like, you get this feeling of like, this development did not have to impact the main story. You don't even have to have that question, right? Because sometimes uh, very single player driven games will have a multiplayer mode and then one little thing doesn't go exactly like they wished in the in the campaign, and somebody would be like, "It's because they had de- developed that that ca- that multiplayer mode, but they weren't able to do this." So, considering that uh, Ghost of Tsushima got Legends as a completely separate update further down the line, now we have Returnal getting this. It seems like The Last of Us by way of just having it, the multiplayer be broken off into a separate title is sort of getting that, but it's really going to be a separate release. I wonder if this is like a new staple for Sony. Focus on the main game, do that, and then we'll add future things as a free update. I think it it kind of gives you the value that people see. It's only from first parties, but I think that people see from the Game Pass way of things where it's like when you buy the game and then you continue to get value from that same game over. Sony's just doing that without a subscription service. They're just like, when it's our game, we're going to give you more stuff down the road. But I wonder, like, I could see it, but like, is there a horizon multiplayer mode going to come? Well, so here, here's the thing with, I've said this before to you personally, long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't think that with most games, adding a co-op mode would be a bad thing. Yeah. 
because it, it at that point you just get to experience it. And it could be a silent co-op mode, meaning like it does not have to acknowledge the fact that there's another player with you. It, it, it's just it could just be something to experience with your friends, um, which I think ironically Discord has done a really cool thing with that of being able to stream your games with your chat and and by a weird nature of you just being able to watch them of like playing a game like watching a let's play in real time with your friends of your friends doing the let's play. Yeah, I think it's really cool. For yesterday, I was trying to explain to Seth where a thing was in Elden Ring. And I had him literally just stream it on Discord so I could just go in there and watch him and be like, it's that way, that way, and then this way. And then I immediately ended the stream because at this point, I'm farther than him. But there's a lot of stuff in that game. That you could have missed as well, right? That I have missed. There is no could have. There is a lot of stuff. that You're going to miss a ton of content no matter what sure. you do. Um, well, let me back up before I go to Chris because I, I want to hear Chris's thoughts on this too. But one thing I think is interesting is that I agree with you that co-op can be really cool and add this thing in, but I think certain games, instead of trying to make it a silent thing and still mess with the story, because to some degree, I still think you can create a disconnect if you're telling me, hey, we're going to make it to where you can play with another person and goes to Tsushima. Well, the whole thing is supposed to be Jin's journey. So even the silent person just feels disconnected. What if we solve the, the issue by creating fun content that's still in this world that is co-op content. Yeah, now, and I don't Resistance mean, 2 did this, I right? don't mean specifically for the story either. Sure. I, sure. I just mean that any game can have a co-op uh, and it not take away from a it. A co-op it, element somewhere. Yeah. Because I think like Resistance 1 and Resistance 3 are both full story co-ops. And both of them do account for it. In the first game, it's Nathan, uh, Nathan Hale. And then the second game, you're just a, a soldier that was part of his platoon. Which it is weird because the story says that Nathan's the only one that survived and yet here's his dude. Right. But whatever the third game has to where the main person plays as joseph capelli and the second person plays as the doctor and so it's like okay cool these characters are already together in this world so it makes sense that this would be going on doesn't necessarily make sense as to why dr malikov is as with a gun necessarily but you know it's yeah so at that end but then resistance 2 did this thing where they thought that people didn't care about co-op at first, which turned out people wanted it back. But for two, they just created an entirely different co-op story. And it was missions that you could get together with up to eight people and go through and everybody had roles and it was really fun. And that's what they did with Ghost of Tsushima here. It's like, we don't really see where it fits into the main story. We're just going to create this free right. thing so that nobody has to feel like they're having to buy it. For free this being important, yeah. Uh, and And we get to have a co-op experience that is in the world, gives you this feeling of working together, but it doesn't detract. Like if they would honestly like think about this, if, if they would have had for Returnal story co-op or not story co-op, but instead co-op was just added the tower of Sisyphus and you and another friend could go through and see how high y'all could climb the tower. That honestly almost solves for everything. Right. But making the story co-op makes the game more accessible for everyone. So I think that's why they chose to do it. Chris, do you have any thoughts on this? No, <laughs> none. I guess that could be our community's take for the week, right? Of like, what game series or what game specifically would you like to see co-op? I mean, we or, can, or we what? Can do that. Like, what do you think of this? Let's like, let's play. No, no, let's play. I want to go. I want to go real quick and just see what y'all think of this because whether it's a community's take or however we want to go about it, it was something that um, longtime listener patron uh, Jehudi had said. Um, he said, you guys mentioned something about fun factor during the last podcast when considering reviews that need uh, not finish a game. My question is, what game mechanics would you consider not fun at all from your perspective? And he says, mine are building elements, rogue with very few exceptions, thinking means like roguelike, uh, and MMO style games. These, machi- these uh, mechanics are not fun at all to me. I didn't touch the building elements in Skyrim and Fallout 4, for example. That's one um, that we could do. I mean, 
or we could look at co-op. Actually, no, let's do that one. Because okay. um, I'm not ready to answer that question this week for sure. So I'll have to answer that next week because I'd have to think about that. Okay. Um, uh, quick quick pulse check for y'all if, if Chris feels like he has time. Chris, how much time you got? Not a ton. but Not a ton? Yeah. All right. Do you want to go ahead and wrap the show up and save this for another episode? No, I don't mind. So we can talk. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, this is something that came to me this week because of the fact of people talking about pausing in uh, Souls games. But <laughs> okay. where, where I'm going is the way I typed it out, let's just go pause features and games and sub functions like pausing a game while you're in menu in some games where other games allow you to pause, but inventory management, crafting and all of those things still happen as the outside world moves around you. Think the last of us um, where whenever you go into your backpack to craft something in the last of us, one characters are still moving and doing right. things around you. So you still have that element of danger. Another game that, broadcast that was uh the p the 360 alone in the dark yeah uh where it's like you you open up your game. coat and you're doing everything in your coat but the world's still moving around you um but this all of course is stemming from the fact that elden ring currently has a pause workaround apparently where you mm-hmm. can go into the menu and then hit menu explanation and it stops all the monsters in the world now when you're playing online i have to assume that still wouldn't stop the Invaders. potential for an invader. Yeah, there's no way. Uh, because you can't do anything about that. But it does act as a thing. Um, and so, of course, one of the questions that's come up is, if the game already has a workaround for pausing, at least for the offline mode, why doesn't the game allow you to pause when games like Sekiro already have pausing? Because Sekiro, being a completely offline experience, you could just pause. Mm-hmm. Could you? Yeah. Yep. Uh, now, this game, you can go into network and turn online mode off, and you can go to offline mode. Yeah. And people are arguing right now that if the game already has a weird workaround for pausing, well, okay, hold on. When you're in offline mode, workaround is is a glitch, not a workaround. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I I agree. I I agree with that. But I guess the thing here is, what is your thoughts on pausing in games in general? Because I saw a big thing come up with people being like, "I don't." It was just it was a weird heels to die on for me as reading them. But I saw people being like, "I don't know why any game allows you to pause," and I'm like, "Well, that's a little ridiculous." I mean, to be honest, here's my thought. It's a very quick one. If it's designed, if pausing is designed as a feature, uh, or I say as a mechanic, so you have to be smart. Like in The Last of Us, when you want to craft, you can't just do it in the middle of the battlefield and then all of a sudden whip out a brand new baton. Mm-hmm. You have to be very smart. You have to do it at the end of battle. Uh, you have to make up healing items to be able to heal at the end of battle. You can't just pause and then make a healing item in the middle of battle. Mm-hmm. I think that if it's designed that way specifically to be as a as a, as a a little hardness element to the game, it's fine. That's how it should be designed, which is what Souls games have always done. So back off a little. Okay. Because the argument people are having isn't that menu systems should pause you. People are saying that there should be a pause button that literally only pauses the game. That is it. Okay. Doesn't do anything else. This is the same. Just to allow people. I mean, and this is the I'm same, just making sure you understand the where exact, the conversation is. It's the exact argument as the difficulty argument. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that's been in every Souls game. Oh, yeah. Ever. And it's only because that Elden Ring came out. Is this now being talked about as a feature that needs to be implemented the same way? Well, I'd say it's because Sekiro came out, actually. Well, I think Sekiro is what started making people be well, like, I could pause in one. But Sekiro the spawned the difficulty argument. Yeah, about it like, did. it became, it, it, did. It, it launched. And so many people were like, this game's cool, but it's too hard. Make it easy. Mm-hmm. This game's cool, but it doesn't have a pause menu. Make it pausable. Mm-hmm. No. The game is designed for you to have that tension. It's a very tension-focused game that explains a lot of the mechanics about this game, that explains the difficulty of this game. That's how any, and in my opinion, any crafting system in any game ever should not allow you to 
pause. I actually love that. I, yeah. I like the it tension of that. Keep you on your toes. But I still, I still think that that's inherently different. I'm not saying that I agree that the game should pause, but that I still view that type of pausing inherently different from just a hit pause. And you can't go into the menus, craft anything. You can't benefit yourself for any other than, hey, my kid just fell off the porch and is screaming, and I've got to pause the game to go run out without losing progress. Is that's just uh that's what people are arguing here is like if if you get the BGs and you're in the middle of a boss fight and what's you, the BGs is bubble that? guts oh, and, okay. and suddenly you got to run <laughs> what do you do do you shit on your couch or do you pause the uh, game and you don't get any benefit if you're that dedicated to the game I think that speaks volumes of how good the game so is. those mm-hmm. but those so. are the two differences and I just want to make sure that's clear while we're having this little short discussion because they are inherently different things it's, I agree in game things that happen I'm a huge fan of. Hey, when you're in the menu, the game world's still around you because it makes sense. Now, think, being able to pause the game just so that you can do what you need to do because but you're this in game is life. this game is unpausable for the same reason Halo Infinite's unpausable in multiplayer. It has a multiplayer aspect of it, but yeah, Unless, and that's why I'm saying people are talking about offline mode. So when there is no multiplayer, that's such a small percentage of people who are going to change that to offline sure. mode, not to avoid sure. people. And sure. then the same people who don't who have to have a, a thing and pause sure. it. If you're if if you're in offline mode and there's no enemies around you instead of standstill, you're all paused. There's nothing going on. There's now that's not true for online mode because you can get evaded. Sure. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't understand. I mean, it could work fine. Sure. If you if you want to have offline mode, make it so that you could pause the game. I don't see what that would negatively impact on the game. Yeah. I mean, but it's, I it's such a there. weird complaint. It's one of those weird complaints that comes out like when sometimes when games come out and they get their they have a wider audience than normal. It's it's because it's a it's an outside suggestion that's like, sure, I guess I get it. But yeah, I, I, I could tell yeah, you from my like, argument is I don't really care that it's not there. I'm not gonna lie and say not, it wouldn't be nice. Yeah, I but mean, I don't care that it's not there. But I understand the argument of at least currently that if you're in offline mode, which I do think it's important to to yeah, specify, you, you have to be if you're in offline mode. And the game already has a way that they are unlikely to ever patch out to pause it. What would be the harm in just having a pause? Oh no, they're, they're, for they the certainly we'll patch their games. I don't know what well, where no, it unlikely came from. I'm just saying this in particular is something I'd be curious to see. Oh I, no, they were hundred. They've already adjusted builds in this game. They've sure, already sure. they have. But yeah. I'd be curious to see if they if they take this out. Oh, I'm sure they absolutely because will. this seems purposely designed to be like, hey, while we're giving you a second to explain no, these menus that are more because in Dark Souls, every every Souls games have had this explanation box. Sure, and they've never paused the game until now. I've never seen the explanation bar boxes in the way as this, though, to be fair. It is the exact uh, same the as game it is, is in 1, 2, and 3. It is the exact same where I, it I explains all the little details. Well, hold on. Are we talking about the same thing? Yes. Like when you when you uh, hit options uh, and then you hit explanation so you could see what the abbreviations mean for all your stats, where all the items are. No, this is like a new submenu that just explains what everything's supposed to do within it. And I've never seen that in a Souls game. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I was watching a video and he was looking at like his his character and he was going through and scrolling through the little like sh- like what STR means and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was saying. Paused it. I don't know. I go. I mean, I know what I've seen, but I haven't tried doing the pause yeah. around. But I mean, the I, menu for, explanation thing for as a, well. for a game that is designed to play online, just not only for invasions, but for all the messages and stuff like that. Sure. And I I think that like having a pause feature is weird. But then if you want to play offline and have a pause, go ahead. Like That's that's yeah, no issue. I agree. Chris, you clearly uh, sighed whenever I brought this up, so you must have strong feelings one way or the other. Whether it be that you, it's so strong that you just don't want to talk about it or you have strong feelings <laughs> one way. What is it? That sigh carried some words <sighs> hidden in there. I think it's a stupid conversation to even be having. The game's not designed that way. Stop yeah. complaining. But maybe this is a hot take. 
if you sit down to play a video game, you should be committed to the game. If something happens, oops, I have to, I have to turn it off. That's, that's, that's life. But I don't see, oh, oh, you know, what if, what if aliens invade and I have to go get my shotgun, but I'm in the middle of a boss fight? Shut the fuck, sorry, shut the game off. Like, yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that things don't happen in life. I've spilled stuff on myself and in the middle of a boss fight and had to, you know, die, but die. Like, I don't understand. Like, you're playing a game, you can't pause. You haven't been able to pause in these in FromSoft games, except for one, since the beginning. Why are you playing an Elden Ring if you're worried that your kid's going to take a dump? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, right? like, I, I agree. I, I, I know could... I'm being like super, like kind of shitty, and maybe a little gatekeepy, but it's just a matter of like if I sit down to play a game, that's what I'm doing. If something else happens and I have to turn the thing off, that's what happens. Like, if I get called into work in the middle of a boss fight, guess what? I'm going to turn the game off and I'm going to die to the boss. I don't understand so, why this is Are you is a better like person than me? If I got called into work in the boss fight, I'd be like, uh, hey, you're calling me in. I'm on my time. I'm going to finish this boss fight. Then I'll be in. <laughs> well, see, <laughs> sure, here's I'm the just thing. Kinda... <laughs> but yes, I, just, just throwing that out there. Anytime something like this happens, like I'll bring up to finish up. But like anytime something like this happens and it's because it's made aware that this could be a feature, people are like, that should be a feature. But that's not always the case. Just because something could be doesn't mean it should be. And I think that if or even you, if it should be, doesn't mean it will be. Either way. Well, yeah. And yeah. that's why I think like if you're playing a FromSoft game, you shouldn't be able to hit the menu and hit save. Like some games do. Oh, well, like there you should, can do a quick save. Yeah, constantly? yeah, like yeah. that's that's not a thing. I actually love in these games too that like when you want to save, it's like you have to exit the game. It's like yeah, you saving just, is is you saying I'm quitting this game, and when you come back, if you weren't at a site of grace, you're going to be at a site of grace normally, right? No, no, if I actually haven't game, thought about that. If you quit a game in the middle of a field, when you come, you you'll right be back, right back in the middle of the field. That's good. Uh, For some reason, I thought it'd be site of grace, but I guess it's because I normally get to a site of grace and then save and turn off. Yeah, I mean that, that's something you could do, but I um, think it's just. It's weird to interject things that don't belong in series into series. And it's always, it's really weird from an outside perspective. Yeah. My main thing here was actually looking and kind of getting a feel. I mean, I knew it was going to end up because it's Elden Ring and that was going to be a thing. My main curiosity and the whole reason I even brought this in here was because of people complaining about games that don't allow you to inventory, manage, or craft or anything like that without pausing the outside world while you're doing so. Play, play and I was like, better. that's weird. Be, be, I, I, and now, don't get me wrong. Do I think literally every game should be that way? Probably not, because certain games just aren't really no, made for that. No, but games that are designed to have tension in, like like all FromSoft games. Yeah, and like The Last of Us. I, like The Last of Us. When they did it in The Last of Us, I was like, this is way better than just being able to stop and do just these things. Just learn how to plan better. Yeah, because it, it. Yeah, because you're right. It, it, if you want tension because there's zombies out in the world and they can literally kill you immediately. Yeah. And Days Gone did the same thing, I think. Like, where, Could you craft a Days Gone? Like, like yeah, just sit you, there and you, it, But pause. I think it was like a lot of them where... Like you can craft and stuff in your weapon wheel, kind of like Horizon. If yeah, you but the game still played, but like slow mo. Yeah, yeah. So like it was like all weapon wheels. You hit it and the game slows down and yeah. it like stuff still moves. It's just it's it's one of those weird things that when people suggest something that's not typically from a FromSoft game, mm-hmm. it's weird to in, give input on it because it's it's so unfamiliar to that series because they they've actually been one of the most consistent series in, of all time with how they do things mm-hmm. like a lot of their mechanics are the exact same as it was in the first game as it is in now the fifth sixth game demon souls Dark souls one two three bloodborne elden ring secure sixth seventh game yeah 
So I mean, Sekiro be a, being the weird. Se- yeah, one. I say Sekiro is actually probably the odd man out there. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, but, so community's take. We'll do uh, Jehudis. Okay. We read you that real quick. So, so can that yeah, down. what game mechanics would you consider not fun at all from your perspective? So there I'm, we I'm go. interested in this one. Um, so you can your answer that. Gatekeep your hobbies. <laughs> um, remember, you can answer this over on the Twitter at Triangle SQRD. You can find us, uh, find our Discord, which is in the description below, always linked down there. If you join into there, first of all, welcome. Uh, we love getting new people in there. And there is a community's take section where you can answer and where we post that in there so they can be more pressing on your mind. Uh, and there is a Facebook group called uh, Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. Ask to be entered into there. And you can also answer there we post all three of those places and kind of pull them all together uh but without much more i think we just want to remind you that if you want to support the show with more than just your time you can head over to patreon.com slash nartech and give as little as a dollar per month to help support the show and the cost that goes into keeping this show running uh we appreciate every one of you who do so again patreon.com slash nartech uh and you can help us just like our friends, the Lord Corky, Salvador Garcia, Hammond Egger, Bailey Robertson, Rob Warpoint, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Rude Days 93, Joshua Lago, Kevin Bacon Bits, Luke Rabbit, Danny Villiobos, Solitary Red, Jehudi MD, Sean, Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Sanderud, Steven Salazar, Shadowist, and my name is Dan. Thank you all. Thank you.